what's really cool is that it makes it really convenient to the candidate schedule, which they appreciate, especially like in the context of the roles that they're being recruited for. Oftentimes they, they may not have you know, time during the day to you know, take a break from work, um, to take an interview. Mm-hmm. And so they can take it at any time that they want. So we see people taking interviews at the weirdest hours in the night and, um, yeah, it affords them that, that ability. So yeah, we're effectively kind of being a recruiter that doesn't sleep for, for those organizations. God, companies love to hear stuff like that. Yes. Give me a recruiter that doesn't sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there, hardballers. season two, the season that will not end episode 23 Uh, Today, you're going to meet a new friend of mine, Darian Michael. Darian is CEO and co-founder at Qualify, and he he can talk about how effective the tool is, but I can tell you if you're a recruiter, if you're doing any kind of volume recruiting, you're going to like this dude. Uh, But he has literally taken some big leaps in life, figuratively and personally, a long jumper in college. So uh, he knows how to, to, to really put himself out there and take a jump. So let's spend some quality time with Darian, shall we? Darian Michael, HR Hardball. For human resources professionals who walk the fine line between providing strategic support and grabbing a baseball bat, welcome to HR Hardball, hosted by John Reeves Whitaker. This is your leadership moment, folks. Don't screw it up. And we're live. So I've got Darian Michael here. And uh, Darian, before we get into anything else, I, ha- I had to ask you, what, what does a national champion long jumper jump? <laughs> what are we talking well, about? Well, I, I, I always... I always kind of downplay it a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm really proud of it, but um, so I was in NAIA, um, which is separate from NCAA. But um, I jumped 24 feet three inches, I believe, um, and so it was a good it was a good good distance. Um, but I always tell people there's there's definitely levels to to long jump. Um, my brother, who I work with, um, yeah. he competed in D1. He went to Indiana State. And um, he has a farther all-time jump than me. Um, so he, he jumped like 25 feet. Oh but God. that jump didn't get him out of maybe regionals. And so really? there's – Yeah, like for, for D, to Division One. So there's definitely – And then like the pros go, you know, 27 feet plus. So it's like there, there's definitely levels to it. Yeah. Bob Beeman was the all-timer, right? Wasn't he the – Yeah, I think it's like 20 – Actually, I don't know if he has the all-time record. But – yeah, like I think the all-time record's like in the twenty nines, um, something something around there. Yeah, I bet I could go out there right now. I could go out there cold, and I could get a good seven and a half. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there you the, ham- go. the hamstrings tend to tighten up as as we age a little bit. So, no, that's yes. pretty impressive. I know you you played a couple sports, and you think uh, your brother was Indiana State. That's the Sycamores, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, I'm kind of. I'm one of those. Trivial. I love to know all the mascots, but yeah. uh, so uh, tell me about you know we're, we're talking about Qualify today and CEO and co-founder. Your brother works for you um, as well, or works with you. How works many people you. do you have? Yeah, we're we're growing, really growing this year. So we started with a re- like ground floor. It was actually my brother. His name's Devin and myself, and then we're both not very technical. Um, so we had two other co-founders uh, join us. And so for a while, it was all of us working just kind of as a side project. Um, and then 
myself and Devin came on board full time last year, I believe. Um, or yeah, around last year. And then this year we brought the other two co-founders on and we started to actually grow the team as well. And we'll be at 13 full-time employees, uh, after next week, actually really we have a couple new, couple new folks starting next week. So it's been really fun to, uh, see some growth and, uh, both on the business front and then also, uh, bringing new faces into the mix. It's been, been really fun and exciting. That's my favorite part is just getting to collaborate and, and work with, with, you know, diverse set of people. Hey, you're up the 13 people is what you're going to be up to. Yeah. Yeah. So it's four. Yeah. The four co-founders plus yeah. Nine other. That's amazing. Other, uh, uh, individuals. So, yeah. I didn't know it's been, it's been a wild ride. Cause yeah, when we first got started, it was very much a struggle. Like we were, what we do is kind of unique in the yeah. space. And so we were trying to get anyone and everyone to believe in us, both on the customer side. Hey, try this thing out. Like we'll give it to you for free. Just test it out. Yeah. Yeah. Investors, you know, like, Hey, like we think that there's something here. Can you like back us so we can go full time and really run with this? And it was, it was hard to do that, but we were able to, you know, over the last couple of years, grind it out and, and get people on both sides to, to believe in us. And so we have, uh, customer belief that we have real people using it and seeing, you know, amazing value. And then we also have, because of that, you know, people that want to back us and, and help us, you know, grow it even faster. Well, now how did you and Devin know when it was time to, all right, we got to commit to this full time. When, when does that, <laughs> when does that moment occur? Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, uh, so for me personally, it was, it, I won't say it was decided for me. Um, but <laughs> I left, <laughs> I left my last job under, and, and under the timing that I didn't really want to, uh, that wasn't necessarily like the timing that I had originally intended. I had been working on qualify, <clears throat> excuse me, as a side project. And, um, it definitely was more of an idea, a concept than it was a business. Um, and so I was in this position where, uh, <clears throat> um, we had something I was really excited about, but we weren't really generating revenue. We didn't have investment. Um, but I was like, I'm very much a entrepreneurially minded, um, yeah. and, um, I decided to take a really large risk and just honestly just grind it out. I had a little bit of runway, um, less than I needed hindsight, but, um, grinded it out and just decided to go on board full time, uh, for me at that point, um, just full time meaning my time was going there. Right. Um, right. Not necessarily drawing a salary or anything like that. Um, but yeah, decided it was, January of 2019, uh, when I left my last company, I put a resume together, but I didn't really send it anywhere. I was <laughs> pretty, I was pretty committed to just trying to get qualified to um, be the full time. So, yeah, that's when that's when I I decided to. Well, and at that time, you you had two kids, I guess, right? Because you have a third now yeah. and a and a start to give people a little little bit of reference. Yeah, there. a little context, and right? I'll give you I'll give you maybe even a little bit more context too. So when I so I've had three full time jobs out of college. This is the third. Uh, the first one was kind of a typical corporate job. I work in worked in the accounting and finance department at a pretty established, relatively large company. Um, and then a couple of years into that job, a friend of mine said, Hey, I have this, like we had worked together on some other side project before. And he had another one that was starting to grow. And he was like, Hey, I, I need some help. Come help me, you know, grow this and, and run this company. And, uh, my wife was seven months pregnant at the time oh, with, our, with our first kid. And so, um, he was promising me a little bit more salary, but 
there was we weren't established we didn't have you know health benefits or anything like that and it was early stage company so very high risk and i was like yeah let's do it and uh joined then uh so that was leap number one and that i think paid off because i learned a ton from that experience and then yeah i think i had two kids at the time when i <laughs> <laughs> left the last one and um yeah it was very high stress situation. I definitely, I recommend people follow their dreams and pursue their dreams, but yeah. I always tell people to be a little bit, maybe a little bit more calculated than, <laughs> than I was, you know, at that point. But hopefully things are, well, one, things are on a much better track now. I'm glad hindsight that I was able to stick it out. But um, for, for those listening, I definitely wouldn't recommend that stress. <laughs> well, you know what, uh, what should be, um, uh, implied here too, is your wife must be a pretty big supporter of yours too, to get through oh, that. <laughs> yeah. Like she, she knew who I was when she married me, but like at the same time, there's, yeah, she's definitely been down for the cause for, you know, since we've been together and like, yeah, I absolutely wouldn't have been able to do any of these things without her, you know, blessing at the very least, but her support and yeah, the family support has been, uh, able, allowed me to, you know, do what I do and do what I love. So that's, that is a blessing. Absolutely. I've, I've got one of those myself. So it, it definitely helps when you have somebody in your corner, uh, and that, you know, believes in you, but man, that's a commitment there. I'm telling you, with seven months pregnant, and no health care. Oh my uh, God. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like I said, uh, calculated calculated risks uh, is what i what i recommend now so that well and you know uh during this pandemic a lot of people got that maybe their dreams and plans that they were going to one day go off on their own that that maybe got launched for them you know you said mm -hmm. maybe the timing wasn't of your choosing i think that happened to a lot of people during this pandemic yeah. um that, again we're gonna I, I hate to always bring up silver linings because it's such a bad a bad thing yeah. but there are, I mean, some unbelievable advancements in entrepreneurship where people are coming yeah. up with great ideas. to take negatives and, and turn turn negatives into to positives, and yeah, it forced, it forced everyone to be do something new and uh, whatever that meant in their context for sure. I learned to podcast. That's what I did. There you go. <laughs> that, was, that was my deal. So there you go. There you go. Uh, so your second opportunity, you said that's kind of where, and I had one of these early in my career too. I was doing everything. It doesn't matter what your title was, but uh, you were yeah. doing the recruiting, you were doing HR, you're doing all of it, right? Yeah. My title was uh, vice president. And it was, Ooh, nice. it was just that. It, just, it was just that. It was not <laughs> over any specific thing. So it kind of was a lot of things. Um, my background school-wise is uh, – finance and entrepreneurship and um like i mentioned my first job out of school was accounting and, and finance and so that was that was a comfort zone so um actually when i came on board i helped out with like the customer service and then i was like yeah let me take on the finance as well because someone needs to do that and then yeah we started to hire people uh, we had more just logistical things that need to get done so effectively i was over kind of the internal operations as we hired other folks to, you know, build out the product, service our customers, market, you know, everything externally facing. And so um, we were bootstrapped and pretty lean. So it kind of left me for a while being a one man ops team. And so that's kind of where I got my first, uh, first footsteps in the world of HR yeah. um, and recruiting. Yeah. Now, is that where the idea for quality was born sometime then when you were doing, realizing what a pain in the butt it is when you're doing recruiting and waiting for people to call back and the rest of it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Qualify was uh, 
definitely born out of those pain points that um, I experienced in that time period. It was kind of a combination of uh, honestly just looking at the you know my process for recruiting, but also um, stemming from the fact that I felt like I was just juggling so many things at once and needed some help or needed some ways to be more optimized, more efficient. And um, yeah, this was one of the, the ideas that popped in my head. And like most people, when they have an idea, they go search for it online. I was like, I was pretty content to just like, oh, this is, this probably exists already. Let me just go, you know, buy a tool that does this and uh, didn't really see anything out there like it that was doing the way that we imagined it. And I was like, all right, there's, there's something there. So I made it to my, my handy dandy idea list yeah. and, uh, and stuck there. And that's when me and my brother Devin really started to talk about it. He was experiencing similar pain points. He's an entrepreneur as well. He launched a food truck while he was in college. And then, uh, so they hired some folks there. Um, and then also in the, in their off season, he uh, ran a territory for um, a senior healthcare organization and just was dealing with a lot of turnover in terms of the, the employees that they were hiring. And he was constantly on the phone, you know, screening or recruiting and, we, we both resonated around this pain point and it was enough to, you know, you know, to really dive in and, and start to talk to customers, you know, potential customers, recruiters, and um, just get better, a better idea of the landscape. When you're in the market to get some technology, to add to your stack, especially with what we've seen with this great resignation and candidates being harder and harder to find, while you're looking to qualify, you might also want to look at Hoops HR. HoopsHR.com is a great staffing partner. They can help you do volume recruiting. They can help you do specific pinpointed recruiting, keep candidates engaged, and engage candidates become engaged employees. Check out HoopsHR.com. Now let's get back to Darian Michael, HR Hardball. So it's, uh, you know, we haven't even really talked about the product, yet, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's a, um, a way to make the recruiting process obviously quicker, more efficient. Can give me the elevator pitch. So people who are in that kind of business get an idea of what, what this is. Yeah. So generally speaking, the phone interview step in the hiring process, especially when you talk about like screening, um, screening candidates, it is the slowest, uh, typically the slowest bottleneck in the hiring process. And the way that breaks out is because of all of the coordination that leads up to us, all the, you know, reaching out to those candidates, coordinating a time, that time being, you know, multiple days in the future and, you know, rescheduling people backing out, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, plus, you know, if you're dealing with a multitude of candidates and you're having, you know, 20 to 30 minute conversations with each of them, it really, it really adds up and it can be a huge bottleneck, you know, lots of stuff happens with candidates, you know, throughout that timeline. So w what that breaks out to be is usually a week to, we've often heard two weeks in just the phone interview step. And so what we do at Qualify is speed that step in the hiring process up through um, personalized automation. So recruiters can pre-record audio-based questions into our platform. They can use those questions in their question bank to create interviews that are, like I said, personal, yet they're still standardized. So it makes for a more consistent experience. And then they invite candidates, um, even at scale to respond to those. And the unique thing about ours is once the candidate receives the invite, they click a link to read instructions. And then basically when they're ready, they'll hit a start button and our system will call 
the phone number that they desire and they can answer those questions over a standard phone call. It's very similar to um, responding to a, a voicemail prompt. And, uh, and we record those, we transcribe those um, and make it immediately available for the recruiting team to listen to and, and share with their colleagues. So it becomes collaborative. It's really fast. Most responses come back the same day that the invites go out. And so moves candidates through a process a lot faster and gives quality information back as well. Well, you probably get some, uh, well, I'm sure it's intended, but you're going to get some other information too from a person on uh, how they present their ideas, how they communicate, how quickly they respond, yeah. that type of stuff. I, I bet there's a lot of uh, benefit to that. Yeah, too. yeah, absolutely. I mean, some folks use it. Um, it's been interesting to see how different customers utilize the same tool in different ways. Some people treat it as, hey, like this helps me understand how, you know, how much this candidate wants to work here and yeah. how and how engaged they are in our process or if they're just kind of spraying and praying their own resume or their own application out there um helps us get a gauge on you know how intentional they are about you know working with us but um yeah it's really cool because we use it ourselves i qualify like yeah. most people like uh when they hear about the idea they might feel at first like it's a little impersonal but um when you experience it for yourself, one recruiters get to showcase their own company, their own voice and personality in the interview. And then likewise for the candidates, you instantly hear, you know, personality. Um, and, uh, but also stay pointed to the specific things that you're asking these candidates. And again, it helps you to be more objective and, uh, and, and, and review candidates on an apples to apples basis because otherwise it can go, you know, a live interview can go in a variety of different directions with each candidate. Right. And this keeps it, you know, consistent and, and, and more fair in that way. So, you know, right now, obviously what's going on with uh, the buzz tour, I just did an episode this week about the great resignation, right? You know, mm -hmm. we have this, this phenomenon where people are quitting. Um, I would think the demand for a product like yours is going to go up considerably considering companies are going to be struggling here big time for talent. Um, are you seeing any of that yet? Are you getting any feel for that? Yeah. Well, when I, I, I hope so in the best way that that sounds, you know, obviously um, the way that we, the way that we're, what we're seeing typically is that there's some either industries or roles within a company that still receive high volume of applications, which is, um, you know, typically what we're most geared for. Uh, but even in those companies or in those industries um, or in separate industries where you might not be receiving a ton of applications, um, there still are those that are coming in and your recruiters need to be more focused on sourcing um, or, you know, actively, you know, hunting for new candidates. And what mm -hmm. we what we view ourselves as in that sense is essentially a staff augmentation because it's still a critical, um, it's still critical that you, uh, figure out a way to screen these candidates, but recruiting is such a time intensive role. Like you're uh, as a recruiter, your, your time gets spread out. And so we can help, you know, augment you in this way. So you can then go focus on sourcing. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we still, we still work with a, a variety of industries that yeah, they're just, they still get slammed with tons of applications and it's hard for them to, you know, manage that load. Yeah. And, and when you see a bunch of people all of a sudden resigning too, you're, I know um, companies that don't have the infrastructure for that kind of turnover, they're going to be caught yeah. off guard and you're going to have recruiters trying to do more with uh, 
finite amount of time. That's yeah. tough, man. Uh, you've you've done the recruiting role. I did for years and years too. And you know, number one rule is you got to be organized, or you'll just you're just in trouble big time. But when, it, yeah. when you're overwhelmed with that many that many requisitions, what a nightmare! And this yeah. this sounds like it kind of captures all of it too. So it yeah. it's there for you when you want it, when you can access it. Yeah, exactly. Like um, it's 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 record keeping as opposed to you know trying to take down notes. Like it's the same. You get to review it. You could you can pause it, rewind. You know, go back to it later and and share it. Help make better decisions. And yeah, to, to touch on kind of some of what you're saying too. What we see is that recruiting teams are relatively lean. It's not one of the you know most bloated uh, departments in a company. Mm-hmm. Usually, they try to keep it pretty pretty lean and so that that can sometimes lead to them being overwhelmed or overworked or overloaded with just the number of wrecks that they're trying to recruit for at any given time well it's uh it's a job it's a juggling act almost all the time and uh especially when you're talking about volume recruiting do you have um are, are you using it for all levels of positions you find it to be more helpful for you know like entry level where you're getting inundated with hundreds of resumes or is this more of a high level. Yeah. So we typically, uh, most of our, our clients start there with like the more hourly, uh, kind of service-based roles where they are receiving tons of applications. Um, I'm obviously very biased in the utility of our tool. We use it, like I said, we use it for ourselves and, uh, most of the roles that we hire are salaried positions, you know, high, pretty high skilled positions. And so, Obviously, we use it a little bit differently in the context of what we do because it's partially to give our candidates a taste of, you know, what they're coming into if they work here. Um, but what what I'm anticipating is that we start, you know, mainly with these high volume roles and showcase value beyond the speed and the, beyond the efficiency and tap into the quality of the candidates that we're helping you to um, helping helping you to hire and other features that may enhance that objective nature, helping you to mitigate bias and things of that nature. Um, that, that can apply to a lot more than just the hourly skilled roles where you're focused mainly on speed and efficiency. Like I said, getting more towards how can we help you make better hiring decisions um, overall. And all right. So you are, you, you actually, I mean, you knew you were going to be an entrepreneur even in college, right? Because you said that's sort of the track you were on and yeah. finance. I'm finding more and more people with a finance background that that are well suited for that too, because knowing how the money works definitely is. Yeah, uh, that, was, that. that was kind of exactly my mindset. Was like, uh, I want to be, I want to start stuff, but I want to know how to take money and make more money. That was at least my thought. I was either going to go down the entrepreneurship track, or uh, for some reason, I really liked the. Uh, the Shia LaBeouf version of Wall Street that that movie, and I was like, "Oh, being on Wall Street would be kind of cool." Just getting like, a "Oh no, check man. it." Out. No. That was that was definitely not my path. Um, You're too but, nice. Uh, You're too nice. <laughs> yeah, not not cutthroat enough. But the the yeah, there's a, there's a scene in that movie where like the guy hands him like a million dollar check, and I was like, "That would be that would be nice." You know? That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, for entrepreneurs or for people who were who were thinking about it, um, what do you like? What are some of the, the key thoughts or the key things that you need to keep in mind before you actually launch something? I mean, you, you're sitting in your office, you have a germ of an idea, and you think, "Wow, well, go online." Hey, nobody's really there's a gap in this market like you did. 
Yeah. You know, what do you kind of, how does, how does that formulate code for an idea to, we have a viable business? Yeah. So there's a couple of things that I've really like the basic building blocks that I feel like I've learned is one, that was my mindset before, like, oh, no one's doing this. Like this is a, this either one is an opportunity, a great idea. Um, what I thought before was, oh, if someone's already doing it, then like, oh, well, someone's already doing it and you know, there's I no, shouldn't go pursue it. There's no opportunity here. That's a, that's, that's, is that a myth? Probably the cl- that is probably the closest thing to a myth because what that does, if anything, is showcases that there's a market for that business and that there's some validation there, um, which leads to the next point is uh, a lot of people get an idea and then invest a lot of time and money in the wrong direction. And instead of taking the simple steps to validate the idea and the way you validate ideas is... There's a, there's a variety of way to validate ideas, but what you ideally want is to validate from your potential customers. So find, figure out who your, you know, target or potential target customers are, go talk to them, understand them a little bit better. The ultimate form of validation is if you can get somebody to pay for something, especially if they're like, <laughs> especially if they're willing to pay for it before you build it, then that kind of fronts you, you know, some money to like actually get it off the ground. But it also gives you that security of knowing that, Hey, when I actually get this launched that I have customers. You have a customer. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, that's, those are the two basic things is, uh, well, I, honestly that the last one is like really the, the leading one, um, get validation from your customers, ideally get their money, you know? Um, and, and, and that tell, that gives you signal that you're at least, heading in the right direction and just be prepared to pivot and iterate along the way. And so you were feeling the pain points. So you knew that there had to be other people like you out there that were having the same pain points and that was your potential customer, right? Yeah. And like for us, it was a, uh, we did get validation. Ours was a little bit unique. I like we, we started with, I still have some of the uh, sketches on my phone. Like there's different, you know, sketching and like prototyping tools. I still have some of those on my phone, but yeah, we started with like pencil drawings, you know, a little bit of some mock-ups online, did some more high fidelity mock-ups. Um, so there's like some really cheap ways that you can get the concept out there and get people to see it and visualize it. Um, we took farther steps after we, you know, talked to more customers. Like I said, we brought on technical co-founders that then actually built it because yeah, uh, what I've always felt, and even today is it's one thing for me to explain, I explain, you know, what we do as, you know, as a company, but when you actually get your phone, you know, when you hit that start button, your phone rings and you hear someone else's voice and you respond to it, it's a little bit of a different experience. And so we wanted to actually create that experience and, uh, get, get feedback from that as well. Um, and so we felt like it was a little bit more necessary to build even a minimal version of what we do yeah. today. Yeah. What, what do they call it? Like a, uh, an MVP. MVP. There it is. Minimal yeah, viable product. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm learning a lot of this firsthand. My wife's an entrepreneur and, and her company, uh, they're doing a lot of this too. We're going through the funding and all that. It's a, oh, yeah. And getting that first prototype. And yeah, I, I think one of the, the most important things I've seen with her too, and it sounds like with you, you've got your brother, which is always good. You have, you know, you have somebody, you know, you can count on, but the yeah. people that, the people that you work with that, that core team, I mean, everybody has to bring something. They have oh, to yeah. bring it. And if you and have they one bring bad everything, wheel. Like, yeah. Yeah. They bring everything. Cause like I've, I've vocalized this, I think recently, but I, 
I can take credit for like the maybe like the inception of like the the idea, but then from there, basically everyone has done you know everything else um, to get it off the ground and to get us to where we're at today. Um, you know, I think I've I've brought on a couple of customers personally, but my brother has really led the sales efforts and built, you know, built that up and is continuing to grow that. And then, yeah, our, you know, co-founders lead the engineering and product teams. And so like, they're really setting the, the, you know, setting how we're building things and building a really stellar product. And so, yeah, it's been really cool. That's like I said, my favorite part is like, I love ideas. I have plenty of them and then just find like, Oh, who would be great to like bring in to, to do this. That's what I like to do. Well, see that. And that's, that's a perfect, perfect compliment to, to a dreamer, somebody who, who is a big idea guy. I'm kind of like that myself. I can think of the thing, but I just don't really know how to do the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then once you do the thing, then I want to go find the next thing and let, let's figure that out. But right. you know, if you had four, four of me and one team, we'd be horrible. <laughs> we'd <laughs> yeah, all we sit around have... brainstorming all day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, I'm a, I'm a big, like, big brainstormer planner. I do all the back office stuff. That's why I try to just get out, get things out of people's way, like send me all the yeah. junk and like, I'll do the finances. I'll do all the administrative, like all that sort of stuff. No one else should really need to do it. So I try to take, take that off people's plates and let them just focus on what they do best. Now I can't really, I can't believe qualify as a name was, was available. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, you spell it with an I at the end, so there's a little trick. Yeah, we, we make it a little, little unique, and then we've got a cool uh, subdomain, the .hr. Um, so like, oh, that's not a good lot one. Of, yeah, yeah, qualify .hr. So now a lot of folks have. I don't think I've seen a ton of folks with the .hr. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't think I have seen any. I think that's a good one because uh, I'll keep it. Yeah, keep it. Keep it on the hush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll edit that. No, it's because. Uh, for people who watch this, will see your hat has the koala on it. And it took me when we first got together <laughs> and talked, it took me to like the 30th minute of our conversation. Oh, I get it now. The koala <laughs> qualify. You're, you're not the, uh, you're not alone in that. Like some people like instantly get it. Then some people are like, wait, where's the koala come? Oh, oh yeah, it's, <laughs> in the, it's in the day. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted, we wanted something kind of cute and welcoming to, uh, yeah, we're, we try to be pretty, it's, uh, as oxymoronic as it sounds, pretty human first, you know, in, in terms of how we, like, what we do touches people in, in, in every aspect. And so, we wanted something that kind of represented that and, and uh, creates that welcoming feel. Well, what's the biggest obstacle when you are trying to, uh, you know, communicate the value of this product to a potential customer? What's the, the obstacle that comes up or the, the pushback you ever get? Yeah, I kind of mentioned it before. One of the it's not necessarily pushback. It's it's uh, I guess it would, in like in the sales context, it would be kind of an objection or uh, at the very least a question. It's like, oh, like what do candidates think of this? Is it you know? It seems pretty impersonal to like send somebody an interview, but like what we find is that that's not the case. That people are able to exhibit themselves and uh, get a better feel for the company. And what's really cool is that it makes it really convenient to the candidate schedule, which they appreciate, especially like in the context of the roles that they're being recruited for. Oftentimes they they may not have you know, time during the day to you know, take a break from work, um, to take an interview. Mm-hmm. And so they can take it at any time 
that they want. So we see people taking interviews at the weirdest hours in the night and, um, yeah, it affords them that, that ability. So yeah, we're effectively kind of being a recruiter that doesn't sleep for, for those organizations. God, companies love to hear stuff like that. Yes. Give me a recruiter that doesn't sleep. (laughs) So if I'm a candidate and I get the email, it's not until I hit the button the call right yeah it's not you you don't just get like a you don't just get like a random phone call um it'll shoot you a text message or any and or an email invitation saying like hey we got your application we want to learn more about you uh we want to make it convenient for you so we've pre-recorded these uh, interview questions uh click this link to get started there's like expiration that the the recruiter can customize and yeah like click the link takes them to a branded landing page that shows them the instructions. And then within those instructions is the slot for their phone number, which is either already pre-filled or they can type in their phone number and then they hit start confirm. And then their phone starts ringing. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking this too, cause you know, my kids are of the age, they have phones and all that stuff and I, they won't answer the phone. They, they yeah. never answer the phone. So you text them and if they're in the next room, they'd rather text me than, you know, <laughs> and so you have this generation where they might prefer to have that first interaction to be, you know, with at their behest. And they're not really talking yeah. to a live person because they just, they can do it. Yeah. When they want to do it. That might actually make them a little a, bit more, a little bit more comfortable. Like yeah. Yeah. Like, so we've seen, we've, we've definitely seen like feedback on either side. Like, uh, but yeah, we've heard for sure that it's like a little less pressure when it's not a live person and, you, f- you don't feel like you have to perform as much. That'd be funny, man. I, I'm trying to put myself in the candidate seat and get that and push it and go, what the hell is this going to be, man? This is weird. <laughs> and then I would think that's pretty cool. I would think that's a pretty cool feature for the company because it also makes them look like they're a little bit ahead of the game with technology. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the name of the game right now, man. Yeah. And that's what, like just trying to – what we want to do is like introduce something that you know, at least we think is innovative, but on the candidate side takes little to no guesswork. Like it's honestly, I think, I think it's three clicks, you know, click to read the instructions, click start. And then we just make you double confirm that you've actually read the instructions and you're ready. Uh, But you hit that start button and yeah, that's it. And, And then from there, it's a phone call as opposed to trying to like download anything or log in into anything or, you know, you don't have to have a webcam. It's just your voice, you and the phone. That's I was, was going to ask. So there's not a visual component at this moment. No. Yeah. And we, we've, t- I mean, we've talked about, you know, going down that path or not. Um, so far we've been <clears throat> very pro audio, pro voice and the things that it affords is a little bit more flexible or accessible. Uh, people, like I said, you don't have to have a webcam, um, some people don't, you know, or have great environments to take a interview yeah. in and you have to go through all the, you know, put your, you know, the suit top on and all that sort of stuff. I got to um, shave. You know, I got to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? You, I remember we were toying with that too. Uh, we would ask people to maybe send in, this is a while back. We were, we were recruiting for a branding manager position. So you're thinking, all right, mm-hmm. branding, they need to be able to represent themselves and have them right. send in a video. And it was really off putting for a few of them. Like, you know, yeah. some people are just real hesitant to have any video of themselves out there that, that they don't know where it's going. And then you have the yeah. EOC, you know, you can yeah. fall into some the traps. The there bias too. and diversity. Yeah. Right? Like, right. And that's what, uh, well, one of the cool things that like we've, it's been like kind of uh, an epiphany. I forget. I think someone kind of mentioned this to us, but most 
like when you talk about like video, people are very much, especially in the social media day and age, like very much used to consuming video, like they're scrolling all the time, watching video, but most people don't produce video. They're not used to being in front of the camera. And so it does create that awkward experience as a candidate where, um, you know, some personality types, some people are, you know, comfortable in front of a camera, but especially when it's a job scenario, like it, it's already that much added pressure. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what we're hopefully combating that in, in some ways. So you've got the, you've got the suite set up for podcasting yourself. Are, are you guys doing a topical podcast or what do you, what kind of show are you doing? Yeah, no, no, uh, no podcasts currently in the works, but I, I love audio. Hopefully we do at some point or have, have something that we do plan to produce content and get, get more, um, awareness of the things that we're learning out in the world. Um, but right now uh, I just have this, this set up so I can talk to, to folks like you. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, uh, what kind of marketing are you guys doing? Do you outsource it? Somebody doing your marketing for you or is that in-house? No. Yeah. That's one of the folks that we've brought on board, um, here, here in the last few months, her name's Leela. She, I think she's one of the few folks that listens to all of my podcasts. So yeah. it's a quick <laughs> shout out, but, um, but no, yeah, so she's leading up our marketing efforts and we're pretty, uh, still pretty ground floor in a lot of areas. Um, so far, we've just done a lot of just outbound uh, sales work to to build what we've built so far. But um, like I said, we're pretty unique in, in the space that we're in. And so the idea is to get more of the word out there, you know, share, share what we're learning, share what our customers have been able to experience. And, um, you know, like I said, get, yeah, get more of those, the word out there. All right, here's the quick shameless plug for the show. If you like it, please do download the episode, subscribe, give me some feedback, get five stars. I hope you're enjoying Darian. It was a really good conversation for me. It's good people you wish good things for. So let's get back to him. And I believe the nomenclature nowadays is smash that like button or something, if I may be so bold. Let's get back to it. Bye. So if people do want to find out more about the product, if they want to find out more about you, uh, I'm going to put some of the links in the show notes, but what do you want people to know about your company? So when they, they go looking for you, uh, what should they expect? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'll take it in a different way. Like, uh, right. I like to think that we are really great people. Uh, I think I've been building a really, uh, fantastic team. And so what you find is that we're hopefully just aimed at helping you and, not so much about, you know, shoving this product down your throat. Um, we, we really just, you know, want to be helpful and find unique ways to, to do that. And we're really collaborative with our customers. We're a startup company. And so we try to listen and, um, adapt the product to your needs, whether that be just showcasing how it can fit into your, you know, into your workflow or, um, even building new features and, uh, customizing things, you know, to better suit you as well. So, um, yeah, it's really easy to find us. We've kind of, we've talked about the URL. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Um, but would love for, for folks to get in touch and see if, uh, you know, show, so allow us to showcase how we can, you know, be helpful. Like I said, hearing or I guess seeing or hearing it is believing. Um, yeah. and so yeah. I would love to, to, to show it off for you. Now you do some things outside of qualify too. I know that you're involved with, um, Tell me about Blavity. Is it Blavity? Am I saying it right? Yeah, Blavity. That um, it's a growth fellowship that we were. So, me personally, I was part of the inaugural cohort 
um, first first cohort. So Blavity's been around for a while. They're a media company focused on, um, you know, black uh, <laughs> black news and um, uh, and media. And um, they started a growth fellowship. They're led by a phenomenal CEO and uh, founding team. And they wanted to kind of share their wisdom and their connections with, you know, founders like myself. And so there's, uh, I believe, 10 of us that are part of this first first group that's actually wrapping. Uh, we actually just had our last uh, programming session last week. Um, and, and the program is wrapping, but we'll move to alumni status. But it's been really, really great. Um to be a part of that and get connected to, to other founders as well. So you guys uh, help one another and kind of use that connection. Is it like a, uh, it's a business networking opportunity as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Networking opportunity, ability to help each other. I've, we've been part of a couple of different um, accelerators or similar things. And right. I, I love, um, you know, I have my, my core personal friends, um, but I've really found to uh just enjoy talking with other founders because like I said, it takes some way slightly, uh, you know, mentally demented people to want to <laughs> do, do what, you know, what we do and take on that stress level. Um, and so it's been really cool to, uh, you know, work, you know, get to talk with other folks that are in similar stages in life and in, and in their company and, uh, the problems that they're facing. And some folks may be just a step ahead and like, Oh, you should try this. Like we've done this and it worked. And it's been really helpful to get a, you know, broader sense of, uh, there's other people doing this and you're not the only one. Cause being a, an entrepreneur can sometimes feel like a lonely, uh, experience, but, um, it, it helps build that community. Yeah, you're out there on the tightrope. It's the same kind of people that like to, you know, would like to do something like that or the people that go out and do entrepreneurial because, you know, <laughs> there's a lot to be said for regular paychecks and, you know, health coverage and things like that. So to, to yeah. be able to risk it. And again, for context, now father of three plus you have a foster child i think you said yeah, yeah. and you're married uh <laughs> yeah we got my wife's in nursing school like we get we got i always tell me we just have a lot going on I, to be fair we have me and my wife have said all right this next next stage of life when when we can we're gonna definitely recalibrate our schedules and you know <laughs> take a, a slight step back on all the things we we just like to take on a lot and um we find it rewarding, but also it can sometimes, you know, it can be, it can be a lot. Three little, I mean, one little kid, you know, or just daily life just in general without kids is, is stressful enough, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It keeps us on our toes. It's very exciting, but also can, you know, come with its fair share of stress every once in a while. Yeah. My wife and I have those, we have the same tendencies where it's like we get overwhelmed, but it seems like that's when we do our, our best work. We keep absorbing more like, let's, Oh, let's do this too. Like, are we, are we out of our freaking minds? <laughs> it's just, you have to kind of, you know, you have to be on point and just yes. keep going, but yeah, it keeps you, keeps you sharp. It, it's, it's for me, it's like a, a little bit of a forcing mechanism. I I'm always, I'm geared towards like efficiency and productivity and trying to figure out better ways of doing things. But like having kids really, um, uh, and other responsibilities outside of just your work really f helps you to try to do both better. Um, I'm always like thinking about, all right, how should I like set up my schedule? How should I structure my day? Um, you know, and, and try to be accountable with, or my wife will help me be accountable. I work from home. So <laughs> when it's, you know, when it's time to clock out, 
if I'm not out on time, she'll let me know. Uh, oh, that's so good. that that's you know that can be that that balances is helpful. Well, that's going to be hard actually too if you're an entrepreneur separating personal life from business life because it's all you know if you can't just clock out the business is going to run itself. Yeah, it's all it, it can all be intertwined a lot when you just what I tell people about you know, and I'm not definitely not an expert on this, but just in terms of the way I approach the work life is just, you know, the things that my wife and I have agreed on trying to be accountable to those and having, you know, mutual of understanding of like our, you know, our situation. So yeah, like when, when I clock out, it's time to be a dad. And then, you know, if I still have work that I need to get done, it's generally after they go to bed or early in the morning. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, that's that, those are those extra hours typically, but um, she gives me a lot of grace, you know, <laughs> for sure. Well, so if we're if we're talking a year from now today, what what do you hope? Uh, what's qualify going to look like a year from now? Yeah, I hope we are um, out there a little bit more, just showcasing more of uh, you know the value and in terms of what audio, what doing things a little bit differently can look like in the context of recruiting. Um, there's, um, really excited about where our product is today. We've, we've spent a lot of time on it, you know, from the earliest days, just, you know, working on it part-time to now everyone full-time, we're starting to move a lot faster. There's some exciting things like on the roadmap that we are gearing up for. So hopefully we have some new, you know, qualify three, four or 5.0 in terms of new things that we're releasing out into the world. And, um, hopefully some unique insights as well that we're able to provide and share. Well, so we have, I mean, I can't believe we're in November, man. So we have what, like seven weeks left in this year, and, <laughs> you know, 2021 can kiss my ass and go away. I've, uh, yeah. it's, it's been another one of those years, 2022, uh, you know, God willing, better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, it's got to, doesn't it? I mean, it's got to be, got to yeah. be a little bit. Of course, I said that about twenty twenty one too. So you just never know. We're just rolling with it. But um, it's just, yeah, it's wild how long we've been living in this this perpetual state of whatever you want to call this. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I mean, there's been, oh, I mean, there's been so many things that we've had to adapt to. That's one thing it's taught me is how adaptable we can be when we're yeah. forced to. Uh, and I think everybody reprioritized maybe in a in a good way what the yeah. real important things are in their in their lives. And unfortunately, a lot of people suffered through this too. But um, it's good to see success stories that that come through something like that. I mean, you started a new business January 2019, and what a year after that, we're in a worldwide yeah. pandemic. <laughs> that could have gone south. It could have easily, very much easily. Luckily, like at the time, like we didn't have a ton going for us like either way enough to like keep you know keep at it um but yeah like that's what people like how did it affect you it was like well good and bad like you know folks weren't really doing anything with their budgets but also it wasn't like a huge dip in what we were already you know doing but no yeah i'm glad my my word for this year has been just perseverance Mm. yeah you know like i think that's Cause we're starting to get to like a really exciting phase of the company. Um, but there's plenty of times where we probably could have or should have just hung it up and be like, yep, let's, let's call it, <laughs> you know, but I'm glad, glad that we did it. Yeah. That, well, that's a tough thing. That's a tough thing. You, you invest so much is when do you, 
when do you know if it's not going to work? And yeah. Because I'm a, it's like, I'm a bad gambler for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just this time I got it. I, I don't got know it. when to quit. <laughs> right. Just I'll, I'll raise you again. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I appreciate you jumping on with me. I hope we can talk again. And, um, we talked about this offline a little bit. I'm I'm curious to how the product would look in, in my world too, because I've got, we have some needs with recruiting and with this, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. You got mandates, you got walkouts, <laughs> you got strikes, you got great resignations. People got are going to need talent and they're going to need better ways to communicate with it and get to it. So I think you're sure. in a sweet spot, man. You're in a sweet spot. Hope so. Hope so. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'd love yeah. to, love to chat. We will. And I gotta, I gotta get me one of those sweet, sweet koala hats too. Yeah. So I'm planning <laughs> getting another order processed and, <laughs> Uh, just gear up some more. <laughs> yeah. So my wife can yell at me for having one more hat in my closet. There you That's go. <laughs> well, uh, Darren, is there anything else you want to say before we check out of here? Uh, no. Thank you so much for, for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I'd love to uh, continue a conversation at some point here soon and uh, get you back on here. Best of luck to you, man. I know you're, you got a lot going on and, you're a successful guy. I wish you all the best. God bless. Thanks so much. You all take right, care. buddy. We'll take care.